I wanted to introduce you, though, to Michael Anthony, uh, Michael Anthony, rather, Pastor Michael Anthony. And he's uh, an author, and he has a book out called A Call for Courage. And it's been endorsed by Dr. Alveda King, New York Times bestselling author Joel Richardson, and many other leaders. And Pastor Anthony, great to have you on. Good morning, sir. Bill, what a privilege to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Why did you end up uh, writing this book and getting involved in uh, in these issues? Because it doesn't sound like you're the typical 501c3 uh, pastor who tries to shy away from politics out of fear of the Internal Revenue Service. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> That's true. I think we're supposed to fear, and fear meaning respect God more than people. And it's ironic that the faith that uh, so clearly demonstrates that that's what it's about, as in the book of Acts, we must obey God rather than man, seems to have been hijacked. Now we're more concerned about the opinions of people rather than faithfulness to God. So I felt compelled to write a book. It's out now, A Call for Courage, and it's out to encourage people to stand up and speak out in what has become a sit-down, set-up world. All right. You say that America needs a second American revolution. And you're using this phrase, which I've never heard until now. You call it courageous humility. What does that mean, mm-hmm. and why do you think it's important? Yes, courageous humility is a phrase that came to me. I originated it by God's grace that succinctly defines what we're called to be as followers of Christ. When truth and love travel together, that's when you have humble courage. It's not one or the other. We're not called to speak the truth without being loving. And we're not called to be, quote-unquote, loving if we neglect the truth. We're supposed to do both. So when you speak the truth with love, that's what humble courage or courageous humility is. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to embrace as their new way of life. When you're talking about uh, speaking the truth, do you even get into such uh, issues here, uh, Pastor Anthony, uh, such as, well, I noticed that, uh, you know, we had a uh, Oregon judge just the other day that ended up uh, ruling that, a transgender a child in school should be able to just use whatever bathroom, whatever, and nobody else can really complain about it because of anti-discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. Now, to right. question that, though, is to be labeled a hater of some sort. Right. So what logic, what right. what courageous humility would you bring back to people who would uh, who would question what to what even 20 to 25 years ago, we would have thought you were crazy for even advocating sure. that uh, that kids just choose their bathroom? Excellent, excellent question. Very practical for what's happening today. Nonsense has replaced common sense. Politicians and judges are acting as theologians, and it's a, it's a sad state of where we are in the nation. Listen, the most loving thing you can do for somebody is speak the truth and tell them the truth when you know what it is. The real haters are the people who know the truth and withhold it from people. And that's what people need to understand, especially people of faith, They need to stop apologizing for the truths of the Bible and for Jesus, and yet we need to do that with humility as well, not with arrogance. That's one of the other ironies. Maybe we'll be back on the program and talk about that. Do you think a lot of people, when they end up, uh, you know, using uh, biblical teaching then, they do it with arrogance? Is that what you're you're criticizing? I think it often is the case, to be quite honest, that, again, we are to speak the truth with love, not with arrogance. And people need to understand that the most loving thing, you know, in the case of the, of the judge, to, to do that, to take the parents out of the equation, that's not a loving thing to, cre- to invite confusion into the life of a young child. The most loving thing you can do for somebody is tell them the truth when you know what it is. The most hateful thing is to withhold the truth when you know what it is. 
as a practical matter, I've been really concerned that uh, through such uh, such laws as anti-discrimination, that uh, people are being forced, you know, almost uh, screwed down upon by uh, by Caesar to endorse delusion. That's been my real uh, concern about this, to endorse non-truth. I think you're demonstrating thinking, critical thinking, and it's refreshing to talk to somebody who's doing that in a day where people are being told what to think and have lost the ability to think for themselves. So kudos to you, Bill. That's the way to go. Well, well thank you. Let me ask you then about uh, something else. Uh, I was pitched on you and having you on the show because you had an interesting take on uh, illegal immigrants. And there was a story out of the Sacramento Bee the other day in which um, San Francisco is now moving to uh, register illegal aliens to vote in their elections, to vote in their San Francisco school elections and so much more. And uh, you're a a critic of this, and I would be too, because I see this as the camel's nose within the tent. So at what point does uh, being a resident or a citizen of the United States matter at all any longer if you get to the point, well, it doesn't matter if you're here, you know, you get to vote and control policy. But uh, you say that the illegal immigration crisis is actually something that we have more in common, even across the political aisles. We agree more than we disagree. I'm not so sure I agree with that. So I just wanted to have you on to maybe flesh that out if you could. Well, I'm not sure that I understand your question as much in, in that um, uh, maybe you can clarify that. Oh, I'm okay. Not... I'm sorry. Maybe I uh, yeah. was a little too circuitous in the, in the way I asked this. But you say that uh, this is needlessly, the illegal immigration uh, issue is needlessly polarizing us. And that I believe, if mm-hmm. I interpret uh, you know, your, your book correctly, that there is more that we agree about illegal immigration than we disagree. Is that fair to say? Well, it's fair to say if people on the far left were thinking deeply, and they're not. That's the big problem here. Because you lock your doors, I'm sure, at night when you go to bed. I'm sure when you go to a shopping mall in an area that you're not familiar with, you lock the doors of your car. Certainly. Why in the world will, why in the world will we not lock the doors of the country? Uh, it's common sense. The, the nonsensical position is let anybody come in without even knowing who they are. And what's happening is the argument from the far left has become far too emotional using extreme cases of abuse, and certainly there are things that need to be adjusted in terms of uh, enforcement of immigration law. But we need to be careful that we don't let our emotions get the best of us and just open up the floodgate when we know that there are people trying to come into the country through Trojan horse means. So, Pastor Anthony, when you talk about the left not thinking, I, I honestly think that almost the mm-hmm. entire country, I swear, is not thinking and is going more <laughs> more with, uh, with yeah. emotions. So, you're saying, all right, we would agree if they were thinking. How do you get an emotional people who seem to be primed to uh, to go off on on, on strictly an emotional, guttural uh, basis? You know, this is how they tend, mm-hmm. tend to go through their world. How do you reach logic? It's it's almost like, yeah, you can be loving and kind mm-hmm. to kind, loving people. You know what I'm getting? How, right. how, how do you be thinking with the non-thinking? How do you bring along? Do you have a, maybe a suggestion or two? Well, I think that the flip side is that not only are they not thinking, but the way they think is fundamentally distorted. Globalism, you know, being a person who is for protecting your own household, if you follow that logic out to the nation and what's happening in the nation, that that thinking is not embraced by the far left. So the idea of security, of protecting, see, if if you let people into your country, 
who do not embrace the values that you have in your country. The very reason why people want to come to your country in the first place is not going to be something that's real a few years from now, because the country is not going to exist anymore. The reasons that people are coming here, they're no longer going to exist. So to encourage people who are listening now, there are a, a great number of people. I talk about this in my book, The 10% Myth. All right? It's one of the things I talk about in the call for courage. There are a great, uh, a much larger number of people in the United States who do think rationally, who do understand the importance of security and common sense instead of nonsense. The problem is we're not standing up and speaking out. We're allowing ourselves to be intimidated because the far left behaves like people who, are, who have been given a, a lollipop that's been taken away, and they scream and holler, and quite frankly, that's intimidating. But if you speak calmly and you keep your cool, you'll, you'll recognize that that helps you keep your cool and helps you continue to speak calmly. So it's a, it's a nonstop battle that we're in for the soul of the nation, really, and the soul of sanity, that people need to keep their heads, keep their cool. And why should the other people have all the headlines? Why should they drown us out when we're the ones who have the common sense and the rationale? Pastor Michael Anthony, once again, his new book is A Call for Courage. I'm interested that uh, you end up weighing into the opioid epidemic that we're seeing a lot of that right now. You say that it's you're not surprised yeah. that we're seeing something like that happen in this particular mm-hmm. time. Why is that? Because we are a nation that is struggling for moral absolutes. We've never been a Christian nation. I, I, I would never postulate that. But no other nation on the face of the earth has been as heavily influenced as the United States by Judeo-Christian values. Denying that, refuting that, it's just not possible. So now that we are in a process of rejecting the roots of our nation, the Judeo-Christian values that influence the Constitution and our, our founding documents and our way of life, there's a titanic battle underway now to try to find out, well, what set of morals are going to guide the country? And we haven't landed yet on those, because a nation of people cannot live without moral absolutes. And we're seeing that actually lived out. We're seeing that proven now by what's happening in the country. So people turn to, people are turning to opioids, just like they turn to pornography, just like they turn to overeating, to try to placate their soul, to try to soothe the soul. But you cannot fill what I would call the God-shaped void with anything other than God. And God is the author of absolutes and truth. All truth is God's truth. If you reject that, that gnawing void will never be filled by something else. So the opioid epidemic is an example of people trying to fill that void with something that cannot fill that void. The reason that really caught my eye uh, in you know the notes about your book is that a local newspaper is in the process of, uh, of printing a section of anti-suicide or suicide prevention. And one of the aspects of it which were controversial, it was controversial to some that it's targeted to, is that they wanted not just a secular but also a spiritual component to it, saying that you know, we're, we're not just meat machines that you push the proper buttons and you get the right reaction. And I think that's kind of going into, into your line of thinking. Yes, I think it comes down to all truth is God's truth when it really is truth, okay? And so you can't have a society that has moral values without recognizing the moral value giver, and that's God. Hmm. The moral truths, the absolutes, come from God. If you're not willing to acknowledge him, eventually your system can't sustain itself. 
And that's what we're seeing in our society, Bill. That's why there's so much polarization, so much confusion, so much hatred, so much division. And I would go so far as to say that tolerance has become the new American value, the, the secret uh, new amendment, if you want to say, to the Constitution. But the problem with tolerance is that it's a paradox, because tolerance says we have to embrace and accept people of all different kinds of views. But what do you do when somebody doesn't embrace your view? And that view might be stronger than yours. You can't have tolerance. It, it's, it's, it's gobbledygook, and it doesn't work. It, the light at the end of this tunnel is a train wreck. You cannot have a society that is built on complete tolerance. Pastor Michael Anthony is uh, on the program here, and I'm just out of time. I have to have you come back sometime here, uh, Michael. Where can people Love find it. out more about your book, which is, uh, once again, a call for courage? Yes, they can go to the website, couragematters.com, or they can download the Courage Matters app. And you can actually pick up the book anywhere that books are sold, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Books mm-hmm. a Million, even brick-and-mortar stores. It's pretty much everywhere. A call for courage. Pastor Michael Anthony, I appreciate you uh, so much coming on the program and uh, speaking a bit of truth. It's a nice breath of fresh air there. All right? Well, Bill, it's, you're refreshing. Thanks for doing such a great job, and I greatly appreciate you. All right. Be well, my friend. 